I'm going to minister a message I've done many, many years ago, although I rebaked it tonight. I sit and I try to make it as best as I can. Um, the title of the old message, Sister Ruth really loved. It's called Born of Four. And um, tonight I'm going to update it to more common terms, carried by four. Carried by four instead of born by four. Praise God. Um, I'm really excited about this message tonight. Amen. I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. Mark 2 and 1. It said again, he entered into Capernaum, talking about Jesus, after some days. And it was noised abroad that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive him. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when he could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof, and there he was. And when he had been broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Now look at what verse 5 says. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, when he saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I want to talk to you tonight with the help of the Lord on the subject carried by four or born by four. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit, asking you, Lord, to touch God and to help me, Lord, as I bring your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? amen. You may be seated. Praise God. You know, people will always get between you and God. Praise God. They always will. People will always get between you and God. Here's a man, and he was sick of the palsy, and he could not get to Jesus because of people. People will always get between you and God. Praise God. There was a woman in the Bible with the issue of blood. Leviticus 15, chapter 15, tells us that when that happens, she's unclean. The problem was this woman was unclean for 12 years. She could not go to the temple. She could not have a relationship with God. And one day she decided that she was going to get a healing. And so she begins to come to Jesus. But once again, people will always get between you and God. And so she had to push and shove. She had to crawl. She had to do everything that she could to get to touch the hem of his garment. And of course, you know the rest of the story. Jesus said, who touched me? Because I felt virtue go from my body. And the disciples were like, oh my, all these people out here, and you ask who touches you? And he's like, yes, but virtue went from my body, praise the Lord. But once again, people will always get between you and God. There was a woman one day that followed Jesus, and she cried unto the Lord. She said, Lord, have mercy on me. Her, his disciples pushed her away and uh, 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 you know, and, and Jesus told her, he says, not fit to give bread unto the dogs. And, 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 and the, they pushed her away and people scoffed at her and people mocked her and people made fun of her and people told her to leave. Well, once again, praise the Lord, you know it. 
Amen. People will always get between you and God. And so, it's almost like it's not until you learn to care more about what God thinks than what people think. You've got to get to the place that you think you care more about what God thinks than what people think. Sometimes God will put a miracle or a healing where you don't want to go. Where you won't be willing to go. There's a man by the name of Naaman. Naaman went unto the prophet and he said unto the prophet, he said, prophet, he said, I want to be healed. And the prophet told him, he said, you go down to Jordan, and he said, and you dip seven times. Now, I'm sure that God knew the heart of this man. I'm sure that God knew that this man would not want to go down to that muddy Jordan and dip. But God told the prophet to tell Naaman to go down to the muddy water and to dip. And as Naaman was leaving, you know the story. He was on his way home. He was passing Jordan. Except for a very wise servant said unto him, Look, if he would have asked you something great, you would have done it. But this is minor. The only thing this is hurting is your pride. There are times in your life when God has a miracle for you, or God has something in store for you, but he puts it in a place you will not go. A place you will not be. Maybe maybe God has... Someone to pray for you, but because you don't like that person, you won't accept that prayer. Maybe your miracle is on the other side of that. I have very good, uh, I have the approval to tell you this story. Praise God. It was by a minister. And this minister had been humiliated in a situation by another minister. And uh, it it, he did something that humiliated him. He, he, he orchestrated something that caused him some humiliation and caused him to be humiliated in a situation. And so he was very bitter towards the man, very, very bitter towards the man. And one day in a general conference or in a conference, praise the Lord, he was in service worshiping the Lord. He was struggling with that. And he looked over and he saw this man at a distance. And he decided, I'm ending this. And he got out of his owl in the middle of a great worship service. The Holy Ghost was just moving like tremendously. And he went down and he went around and, and he got in front of the guy. And he hollered at the guy. He said, sit down. And the guy said, what? He said, sit down. And the guy sat down. He dropped to his knees and put his face into his shoes and began to weep and pray for him. And that bitterness left he said, I wasn't going to carry that the rest of my life. Praise God. I wasn't going to carry that in a way. Amen. Here is a man who is sick of the palsy. And there's no way he can get to Jesus. First of all, he has to get by the Lord. Second of all, or I mean, get by the people. Second of all, he has to get the attention of Jesus. Praise God. Palsy is a condition that is marked by uncontrollable tumors. 
quivers, the body, praise God, parts, sometimes with foaming at the mouth, sometimes heavy breathings, and, and just, it's a tormental thing. This man was struggling with this. He needed to get to Jesus because of his need, amen. But there were four men that carried him. Now the Bible doesn't give you their names, but I think I know their names in biblical scripture. But these four men had to carry Jesus there. The first man's name was Mr. Compassion. Mr. Compassion looked at him and said, this man needs Jesus. He needs help. I need to get him to Jesus. And so, compassion. You know, the best life, listen to this tonight. The best life I can live is the one outside of myself. The best life you could ever live is the one outside of yourself. <clears throat> Living, enjoying the things of others instead of the things of self. Compassion had to live on the life of being outside of himself. He saw this man and he had compassion on him. Praise God. If we're ever to get a lost world or anyone that we love to Jesus... We're going to have to have the attributes of this first man, and that is compassion. We're going to have to have compassion on a lost world. We're going to have to understand, praise God, that by the mercies of God, so would be I in that situation. Amen. Jude 22 says, and some have compassion and make a difference. In Matthew chapter 18, we learn of a king who was owed 10,000 talents. And the man came to him and was not able to afford to pay in no way. And, and the king just simply stepped up, reached up, took his bill and wrote paid in full and let him go. We learned that that same servant went out and fell a, found a fellow servant who owed him a hundred pence. You know the story. And the Bible said he didn't have any compassion on him. But when the Lord looked at him later and found out what he did when he threw his wife and children into prison until he could pay, these are the words of Jesus. He said, You shouldest not thou also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. This is a representation. The Lord was giving us a diagram of the way God forgave us of our sins. God has forgiven us of our sins tremendously. He has wiped our slate clean. But yet we struggle to forgive someone who has done something even smaller, very much smaller to us. I never want the Lord to say to me, on the day of judgment, praise God. Shouldest not thou had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. Compassion, amen, is coming along. Compassion can, came along, and this is what compassion said. Compassion said to him, I care about you. I want to do something for you. Now, I will be the first to tell you a million times, 
I don't help people that don't help themselves. I will not do a freebie. People get down and they do it on their own and they won't get up. That's fine. But I'm telling you, there's enough people around here that are trying. Enough people that are down. Enough people that, you know, I told my wife the other day, that scripture, that biblical scripture, that the the Lord says, when you take somebody out that can take you out later, if you invite somebody over for supper, praise the Lord, and then you do it to somebody that can invite you over to supper or has the ability to that, what is your reward? Jesus says, why don't you go out and find somebody that can't invite you back? Praise God. Why don't you give to somebody that will never give to you? <clears throat> there have been times our church has given to people that I, I told Christy, I said, we'll never see the results in our church for that. But it don't matter. Praise God. Because God is the one, you know, compassion. Compassion is when you care and you want to do something for somebody. Compassion is when you say, I understand that there are people out there that don't understand you. Praise God. But I am here to be with you. That is the compassion. This man looked at this man sick of the palsy and he was crying. He said, I I just feel bad for you. I feel horrible for what you're going through. Praise God. I might not fully understand You know, sometimes people don't want you to understand. All they want to know is that you care. Praise God. You know, with their sickness and whatever they're going through, they don't care. They don't want you to understand. Don't try to explain, oh, I understand what you're going through. You know, well, you never lost your mom. Or you never had a kid that died. How do you understand? I don't understand, but I want you to know I care. Compassion lets them know that we care, praise God. And if we're going to get people from out there in the middle of nowhere and get them past people and get them to Jesus, because somebody did that for you and me. Somebody had enough compassion that they made sure that the church lights were on, that the church service was going, that the preaching was going, so that I might be saved. Somebody had enough compassion, praise the Lord. Although they may never have seen me or may never ever benefit from, my, from me, praise God, from being in their church or whatever. They still, amen, had enough compassion to have the doors open so that I might feel and hear and be in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. And then this is a good one. Compassion probably sat there and looked at him and said to him, I'm not here to judge you or to condemn you. I know what you did was wrong, but I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I'm not putting you down. But you see, compassion would just sit there and cry. Oh, we've got to do something This is not good, you being sick of the palsy. And as compassion wailed, and and he wailed, praise God. All of a sudden, up the road comes another man. And he's coming by, and he stops. And he sees the man sick of the palsy. 
And he sees the man crying. And he's like, I'm sorry, what's wrong? And the man's sick of the palsy. He said, I'm sick of the palsy. And this is compassion. He's here. He feels bad for me. He, I got the attention. And he says, who are you? And the gentleman looks at him and says, Amen, I'm faith. I'm Mr. Faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If we're ever going to win people to God, if we're ever going to get people past people, if we're ever going to get them on the roof, if we're ever going to tear the shingles up, we've got to have more than compassion. We've got to have faith that God is going to do it. Praise God. If we're ever wanting a revival, we're going to have to have faith. You remember what Jesus said when Jesus looked at them and he saw those four? Do you know what he said? He said he saw their faith. Not the, the palsy guy faith. He saw their faith. If people are going to come to the Lord, it's not going to be on their faith. They don't know that much about God. It's going to be on your faith. They're going to, you know, faith is something that is catching. It, it can be, it, it's affecting. It can be caught. When somebody's trying to reach out to the Lord or when somebody's trying to reach out to God, when somebody comes to a church service like the service tonight, they need to feel the faith of the people in the house of the Lord that's worshiping God. Amen. And when the preacher says something, they need to say amen to it so those people can feel the faith. Amen. That the people have and know, praise God. Obviously, these people believe in what they got. And faith is standing there and faith says, Amen. He says, I'm faith. We can do this. Praise the Lord. The Bible said we need to live by faith. Amen. Compassion was crying. We've got to do something. We feel bad. Face like, I know God can do it. <clears throat> I know God can, can, can take care of him. I know God can watch and, 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 and heal him. And, and compassion was crying. And faith talked about what God can do. But that was all that happened that day. And all of a sudden. Amen. There was the third man coming down the street. And the third man's coming down. Compassion is crying. Oh, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. His heart was just burdened. <clears throat> faith is like, I know God can do it. I've got all the faith that God can do it. Amen. And they look up and they see the third man walking down the street. He walks up and he sees these two. Faith is just jumping up and down saying, I know he can do it. I know he can do it. <clears throat> Compassion is just crying and saying, we've got to do something about it. We've got to do something about it. Praise God. And the third man walks up. And Compassion says, we've got to do something about this man. And the other faith says, I believe I, God can do it. I just believe God can do it. And Compassion says, I'm Mr. Compassion. The other gentleman said, I'm Mr. Faith. 
And the third man says, glad to meet you too. I'm Mr. Works. Faith without works is dead. Praise God. You see, God won't do what you can do for yourself. Remember that, everyone. You do what you can do, and then you let God do the rest. Praise God. Amen. If there's going to be a revival, it's going to happen through us. If people are going to get to God, it's going to happen through us. It's got to happen through us. Compassion is just crying and saying, we got to do something face-like. Amen. We, we, we can do it. Come on, let's pick him up. Let's begin to go. Praise God. But as they went, they began to realize that the place was full and crowded. And that they were packed out the windows and out the doors. And there was no way to get to the Lord. Compassion fell to his knees and began to cry. We've got to do something. We've got to do something. Faith is, is like, I know we can. I know we can. I just know God will do it if we can just get them to God. And works is like, I've done just about everything I know to do. And I don't know what else to do. But off in the distance comes another man. And they see him coming. Possibly, this might be our answer. He walks up and compassion says, we've got to do something about him. Works is like Jesus is just inside that house. Faith is like he's inside that house. I know if we could just get him to Jesus, then we can do something about it. And works is like, I've just done everything that I can do. Who are you? And the gentleman looks at him. And he says, I'm perseverance. You know, you hear me, young people. Some of the greatest things in life is the things that you'll have to work for. We were playing a a game. I love teaching my grandkids. We were playing a game. It was a dice game. And Joelle and Jonah were playing, and I was playing. And Jonah was winning. And Joella said, swap me the dice, Jonah, because I want the lucky dice. And I said to Joella, I said, Joella, you listen to me. I said, luck will change. I said, you just keep working at it. Don't you stop. You keep playing the game. You may not win, but I said, you give it your best. And guess what? She won. Praise the Lord. If we live life and we throw in the towel so easy, I'm telling you, living for God takes perseverance. If you're going to get anything from God, you're going to have to push. There's going to be the place that you're going to come to where it's not going to be so easy to get to God. But you're going to have to learn to have perseverance. These four, compassion had a desire. Faith had faith in it. 
works caused him to do everything that he could. But perseverance was something that pushed him through. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, amen. Steadfastness is doing something despite difficulty or decay. Delay, I'm sorry. Praise God is success. Hebrews 3 and 14 tells us, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. I'm telling you, if you just continue to persevere, you can be knocked down, but if you just get back up again and say, I'm going to go forward because I'm waiting for God to give me what I want. You know, there are things, there are some things in my life that I will stop every once in a while and I'll start in mentally beating the door of God and I will beat the door and say, God, you know I'm out here. God, you know that there's something that I want you to do. God, there is a situation I want you to take care of. God, I'm not going away until you do it. I, I, gotta, I'm, I'm, I just keep on, keep on telling him, Lord, this is what I want. I'm out here. Every once in a while, I'll stop. Lord, I'm out here. Praise God. You've got to per- persevere. You've got to push on. You've got to just keep going on. Keep getting up. If you get knocked out, get up and keep going forward. Praise God. Because the greatest things in life come with perseverance. That man sick of the palsy would have never been in there. I'm telling you, praise God. We're, we, 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 as a church, hey man, we've got to have compassion for people. When, when sinners come in, when we meet someone on the streets, we have to have compassion on them. We have to be able to witness to them. We have to be able to have the faith that God can do that. Praise the Lord. How many people have we turned away and walked away from before telling them what God can do for them? Because we've already preconceived in our own mind that they are not going to accept it or receive it or it will do no good. Praise God. How many people have we done that to? We've got to have the faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do and that people want to feel the presence of the Lord. And then we have to, perse- we have, to have perseverance. We've got to push. We've got to push. The older I get, the more I've got to push to get up and go to work. The more I've got to push to be able to do what I need to do. The more I've got to push. But I have found this out. And this is probably more physical than it is spiritual. I have found out when I am not feeling well, I am better at the end of the day if I get up and push through it and go anyways than if I just lay around and allow that sickness to take hold on me. I am much better at the end of the day when I have put my gut to the grind and said, I am going to get up and I'm going to move forward anyways. Physically. Spiritually the same way. We have to have perseverance. Above all else, I'm going to be saved. Oh, I fell. Oh, I made a mistake. Praise God. You young people going to school and college and whatever, persevere. It might take you longer to learn. And, and I don't want you feeling sorry for me, but I have a disability in learning. I can't remember something. You can tell me something, and I'll forget it. Praise the Lord. 
But that doesn't stop me. I just keep studying it and keep studying it and keep studying it and perseverance. Amen. And, and I get there. I eventually get there. You may get there a little longer. So if you're struggling to live for the Lord, you just keep persevering. Let's all stand. Ephesians 6 and 18. Ephesians 6 and 18. Paul tells the Ephesians church, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance. With all perseverance. We've got to keep moving on, church. We can never give up. We can never throw in the towel. We can never, I'm 62 years old now. Amen. I know what it is. I know what it is to get so frustrated that I want to quit. That I want to throw in the towel. There have been times I thought, if I can just get out of the cockpit and somebody else take it before it crashes, I won't look so bad. But you just keep getting up and going out. You just keep getting up and moving forward. You just keep getting up and loving the Lord. You just keep going to church. You just keep praying. You just keep talking to God. I'm going to give you something tonight. When a plane leaves New York and a plane goes to Chicago, that plane leaves New York sometimes a little later than it should. On the way to Chicago, that plane may be a few minutes late. That plane may be a few minutes early. It may be 10 minutes late, whatever the case may be, on its destination. But that pilot, during that time period, has the ability to make the adjustments so that that plane will reach Chicago right at landing time. You'll have good days. You'll have bad days. You'll have days when you go good. You'll have days when you go bad. But if you keep your sights on Jesus and you keep walking to Him, your good days in your bad days we'll all come together and you will be with him don't stop persevering don't stop pushing let's sing let's open these altars up tonight didn't preach long tonight come on
feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Yes, yes, a victory.
Aren't you glad that the battle belongs to God? Praise God. We just need to stay out of the middle of it. Praise God. Amen. Lord is good, isn't he? Praise God. I'm going to ask brother, one of our elders, uh, one of our board members, Brother Mark Boley, I'm going to ask him to say the prayer.